Good day, this is a special COVID-19 edition of the Bedrock Podcast. Check us out at doverspark.org. Okay, good afternoon everybody. Thanks for joining our second Facebook Live virtual town hall. Uh, for those I haven't met, my name is Colonel Matt Jones, uh, coming today as the installation commander. We're joined on camera with our mission support group commander, Colonel Tyler Shaw, and my command chief, uh, Chief Shay G. Chief, I'm going to hand it over to you for some opening comments, and I'll go right after you. Yes, sir. Last town hall, in keeping with what we're preaching, I stayed home and joined you virtually on the, on the call. And this is in keeping with making sure I had a slight cold. We all have to do our part to keep everybody safe and healthy. The actions we are taking each and every day will have a huge impact on our Team Dover family. We have not anticipated the scenario that we currently are in. We continue to work very hard to limit the exposure and protect our community. The commissary has adjusted their hours and limits have been placed on the amount of people in the facility at any given time. And this is so that we can protect our individuals, limit the amount of exposure for social distancing, but also to take care of our specific populations. Thank you so much for your patience and understanding while we work through access to our facilities and limiting the amount of folks. Our first sergeants, airmen dorm leaders, and our USO are working tirelessly to take care of our dorm residents, getting snacks built for them, cleaning supplies, drinks, games, and just overall checking on their well-being. We work tirelessly. Our, our teams are working day in, day out, and they're doing incredible work. We can't do what we do each and every day without every one of you. So thank you for what you do now and what you will continue to do. Thanks, Chief. Um, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your um, so it's going to be the same format as last time. I'm going to have an opportunity here at the beginning uh, just to make some open remarks and let you know of any of the current events and changes. Um, also joining us in the room, we have our public affairs team. And so if I'm una unable to keep up with the questions, um, he will jump in. We have public health and the chief nurse for the base here as well. So let me start by saying, since we last met six days ago, in both our state and in the counties, the number of positive cases has more than tripled. Um, with that, and what is so remarkable is in that same time, our base and our community have really rallied together in a very consistent fashion. Anytime we have one of these crises, we are aware of the phenomenon of unsung heroes. In this particular example, our unsung heroes are different than they might be in other crises. And I wanted to right up front uh, call out two industries of unsung heroes. Here's the first. Those that work in grocery stores and on base, we call it the commissary. The second one are those that work in the hospitality industry of hotels and on base, we call it lodging. There are unsung heroes. Uh, as you might expect, the mission continues here at Dover Air Force Base. Since I declared about 10 days ago an increased health protection condition, we have flown in just an hours alone, 285 flight hours, 176 passengers we carried, we delivered 380 tons of cargo. As I speak right now, there are two ongoing 
humanitarian missions, airlift missions, coming out of Dover Air Force Base. We had some serious news this week. We had our first COVID positive case on the installation. Uh, I can share with you that the member is recovering and self-isolating. Both the commander and public health had the opportunity to conduct contact, contact tracing and any of those that were exposed to this member, um, we now know are safe. Um, next subject is a change in order that we did in alignment with our governor. You saw that earlier this week, the governor issued a stay at home order or shelter in place order. Um, as an installation, we took the opportunity hours after the governor took the lead to issue the same order in the same terminology that the governor used. There are lots of details if you read the order, but I summarize it as following. No social gatherings. You can go to work if you're essential, but then come straight home. And of course, you can go to the grocery store and receive medical care. Uh, take comfort, as I think each of us do, that now there are not just pockets of people that are practicing this, our entire state is. You will see starting tomorrow a minor change in our clinic at the medical group. We are separating different groups as they come in. It'll start in the parking lot as you receive care. And so our dependents in our retiree population will go through one door and have one par parking lot. And our military members will go through a different door, have a different parking lot and receive their care in a different part of the building. We think this is prudent to both protect each of these unique populations as well as protecting our providers. What's to come next? I think the thing that is most predictable that we know is that the stay-at-home order will continue. And it's, it's important to always think of that. Um, in addition, we are anticipating an increased demand in humanitarian airlift missions, and we're prepared to execute that. Lastly, uh, there is a potential use for our base for staging of humanitarian relief cargo, and we're also prepared for that. Uh, those are some updates in my opening comments. I'm going to pause now and ask our public affairs while we've been talking for the last couple of minutes if there's any questions that have come in, and we'll start our question and answer portion. Yes, sir. So our first question is, given the shelter-in-place directives and requirements for social distancing, what are the current expectations for grooming standards for our Team Dover Airmen? Yeah, um, so we actually had a similar question in the last town hall. Um, and so grooming standards are challenging in one way. We're not talking shaving here, we're talking getting a haircut. Um, many of the barbershops downtown have closed and working with Colonel Shah and AFES today, um, affected by this afternoon, our barbershop on base is also closed. So I think there's the answer to the standards for hair. Um, our health right now, is more important than the length of our hair. And, and there really are not options to get your hair cut. That's okay. All other grooming standards that you can still work on are normal. You have another question? Yes, sir. So this is from Kelly Elizabeth, and she has a question regarding the current travel restrictions. So is out-of-state travel allowed for matters of child custody if, there needs, if a member needs to exchange their child with the other parent? Yes. So. In general, all travel for military members right now is restricted to mission essential. However, all the way up to the Secretary of Defense, they've created a process 
where you can have exceptions to that. And so uh, ongoing, we just got one exception approved in the last two hours. Uh, some of those exceptions I'll be able to approve at my level and some will go even higher. And so as a general rule, all travel is restricted to mission essential, um, but there are some that uh, will have to go higher. I saw a question on the board that asked about the pharmacy as we make different changes to entering the clinic. Um, here's what they've told me. Uh, the pharmacy right now has about six different lanes that you can line up in. And the way that they're going to partition the pharmacy, since we only have one, is one of these groups will be in the first four lanes on the left, and one of these groups, I think it's the active duty or the military group, will be on the right. Um, Colonel Schock, have you seen any questions on there that you want to answer? Um, and it looks like our PA team just answered one that I wrote down uh, initially, which was, uh, are you allowing or are we allowing visitors to the base? And so we have put out a policy on that. Uh, right now we are doing a 100% ID card check. And for those that uh, previously you've been able to ride along, if you're a visitor um, and be sponsored on, right now we're asking that uh, all of the folks that do not have ID cards uh, the squadron commanders have been empowered by Colonel Jones to make those decisions. Now, I've told my squadron commanders to ask really hard questions. Why, why do we need to be on base? What, uh, what type of business are you taking care of? And to be smart and use common sense. We all know what the governor's order was, and we know that Colonel Jones also did a uh, shelter-in-place, stay-at-home order. And so we are working really hard to limit movement, and we are looking at those all individually. Great, thanks. I saw a question that... Uh, came in talking about children still being out of the house in the neighborhood. I think the question came in from Tina. Uh, it's a good question because part of that activity might still be okay and part of that are still the areas that we're trying to emphasize to see less and less of. So let me talk through what's okay. Uh, a child who might be out or a family that might be out walking their dog is explicitly okay in the governor's order as well as mine. Um, Areas that get more concerning are, are larger groups of children that are playing together. Um, but part of this kind of living in a community goes both ways. That could be two sisters that are playing together that, that sleep every night in the same room and their parents just made a decision for them to get outside. That's probably okay. There are other times when there might be a family in the neighborhood that just isn't um, getting the message. And I think it's okay to very politely ask them what you might learn is that they are sisters, um, but at the same time, you might learn um, that they could improve that. And so I, I think it's a fair question. I think in just the last six days alone since we met, um, it's gotten a lot better. And uh, thank you for that question. Chief, is there a question that you've seen on there you want to take? I saw one for the PCS and stop movement. We are working through that policy now as it continues to change and affect various individuals. Uh, on a daily basis. While we work through those, your leadership teams will get the information and those that are affected by PCS, whether it's from a CONUS base to another CONUS or overseas, and they will work through those individuals that are currently have assignments. Great. Okay. Thank you. I just saw a question on there that asked about um, in-home medical providers and being able to get a pass to come on base uh, now that we are trying not to issue any new passes. It's a really important question. Here's a couple ways to answer it. One, if that person already had a pass, they're welcome to still keep on coming on base. But if, if it's a new requirement or their pass has expired, we have pushed way down to the squadron commander the ability um, to continue to sign out new passes. And so while we have stopped passes at the visitor center, uh, the chain of command and 
all of the commanders on base have that ability. And if someone doesn't work for a particular squadron commander, our security force squadron commander is taking all the miscellaneous folks and able to help out with that. Um, I'm going to go back to public affairs and see if a question that you'd like to ask. Yes, sir. So this question comes from Joanna. Will the CDC and Youth Center still charge those members whose children are currently not at the, these facilities? Okay, uh, I'm going to ask Colonel Schaff if he knows the answer to that one. Yeah, I saw that question earlier as well. And uh, I will tell you that I was on a uh, lengthy telecon yesterday talking about all of our service activities. And, uh, you know, at, here at Dover, we have decided based on our staffing to combine the CDC and the Youth Center. So today we had about 25 kids come in combined for CDC and youth, and about 20 of those were staff members because you need cooks, you got to have the right level of managers, you got to have the right level of oversight on that. So we're uh, really proud that we're continuing to be able to do that. To specifically answer your question, though, I believe the answer is no, but I already wrote your name down. I would ask that you uh, get with the staff. I will get with the staff to reach back to you. Um, normally, you would have to continue to pay, but these are not normal times, and so. Um, this has been uh, probably the biggest challenge of my career to keep up with all the information that comes down on all of our activities on a daily basis and all the changes as we try to adapt to make sure that uh, tie goes to the family member. So I wrote your name down and uh, I'll make sure that the staff gets with you to make sure that we clear that up for you. Thanks. I saw a question on the commissary asking the different categories that have been allowed in the past, whether or not they're still allowed, and, and that one's easy. Uh, there have been no changes to the categories of people that are allowed to use uh, facilities like the commissary. So if you have the, an ability to get on base in the past, at this point that's, that has not changed. Um, so good question there. Uh, there was another question on uh, what to do if someone's immune system is compromised and you start to have concern for uh, maybe that family member and you need to go in and get their medicine, but you'd rather not even bring that person who's immune compromised um, I, I can tell you that in some very basic ways, um, every single person coming into the medical group is now being medically screened at the gate. Um, in addition to that, um, they have signs out as you're waiting for that prescription for there to be that social distancing, and there's actually tape on the floor. But I'd say we could go further. And for that particular member, um, if you were to work with your chain of command, um, there would probably be a way in our military family to find a way to get that prescription for you. Um, but that's not really the process right now, so we'd have to work that one with your supervisors. But I think, I think it's important, and I actually like the way you're thinking, because a lot of our thought in the last week has changed, not so much how we can just protect ourselves, but how do the, those of us who are still having to come to work be able to protect those when we come home? Okay, I'm gonna hand it back over to uh, Public Affairs. Yes, sir, so we had a question earlier in the stream about the number of COVID-19 positive cases currently at Dover Air Force Base and what precautionary measures were currently taken and how we responded to that. Okay, so a three-part question on, on how many, and I just saw another one that came on the screen about how many cases till you, till you shut down the base um, and kind of how we're keeping folks safe and, and how we'll respond. And so, um, you know, we, we really wanted to be the one base that had no one that was positive. But as you saw, what's happening in the states that are around us, we knew that that day might come. Um, we don't have a certain number of cases until we must take different actions, but, but re be reassured that as we see more and more of the base population, and if we see more of the base population, uh, we have measures that are available. We will start to have different um, 
different ways to come onto base. Further screening actually at the gate. Um, but know that if someone starts to display symptoms, there are a couple things I want to take this chance right now and remind you. The first thing, and almost the most important thing right now, is get on the phone. Now, we had someone today do that, and it, it was wonderful. And once they talked to their provider, the provider said, I think I would like to take a look at you. Why don't you come in? But then the very next thing that happens is you get screened at the gate um, so that those germs don't have to happen. We are actually taking some samples um, for folks to send into the laboratory as they come through the gates. So they don't even need to come onto the base. And if they're not in an emergency situation, they go home and they recover awaiting their test results. But even from there, our public health team at that point will reach out to them every single day until the results come back. And so that's the ongoing process. While I said we had one positive case, when that happens, we go through this contact tracing where we're able to look back into their past and see where they may have traveled and who they may have had direct contact with. We reach out to each of those individuals. And at some point in time, we ask those individuals if they wouldn't mind um, staying at home or staying in a facility um, until they see whether or not they have symptoms. And that is not really a Dover way of doing things. That is very consistent with how the CDC has been handling the same. Okay, lots of questions coming in now. Um, I'll go back to Colonel Schott to see if uh, any of them caught your eye. Uh, I got a, a couple of them that are up there, and they're, they're all good questions. Um, so somebody asked about the Airmen and Family Readiness Center and whether, uh, whether they could still support. And uh, I will say absolutely. Um, we are doing our best to telework, but uh, I know personally they're monitoring their Facebook site. Um, we have a battle staff that stood up that, uh, you know, you can use your chain of command to uh, get in touch with folks. We can, uh, we can get a hold of these people. We have some phone rosters that we're working on, and, uh, you know, we've had to adjust very quickly on this. But we do have people available. All of our services are, are open. You just got to work a little harder to uh, find out who, how to get a hold of them. And we need to work a little bit harder to make sure that we can get that information out to you. So that's a good question. Absolutely, AFRC is ready to, uh, to support. Thanks. Command Chief, have uh, anything that's kind of in your lane to cut your eye? Yes, sir. So we have various families that are concerned about the stop movement. Is it affecting deployments? Is it affecting PCSs? I would say yes to all of that. Uh, some individuals may have issues with having contracts on homes, etc. Or you may be here and your husband or spouse is at a remote location and you're working through it on your own. I ask that you please contact your first sergeant, uh, the, your local one that the unit of your member that was originally assigned to while here. They will be able to help you through the process and the command team and making sure that, that there is no financial stress that you have or help you where they can. So please contact your first sergeant and leadership with any help dealing with PCS, stop movements, or deployments. Great. Thanks, Command Chief. Um, I noticed an earlier question that I jotted down and didn't have a chance to answer, and it had something to do with the uh, Child Daycare Center and Youth Center, of whether or not we're still open. Um, so that facility right now is still open, but it's really limited. Uh, we have kept that facility open for those families uh, that have to come into work because their work is essential, and they don't have a second parent who can stay home, or they may be a single parent, uh, or someone may be deployed, and in order for the mission to continue on base, they still have to come to work. And so we have kept that open, um, but as you would imagine, the normal volume of uh, faculty and 
children who are there is way down. And uh, it changes a little bit every day as different people come in and come out. Um, but that is still open, but only for those families who don't have any other options and they have to come into work. Uh, there was a question on if, if we are expecting the stop movement uh, order to last longer than 60 days. I think we just have to be honest there and say, I don't know. All of us, probably a month ago, started to think that what we are going through might just last days. By now, I don't know anyone who isn't acknowledging that this is going to last weeks. And many people know that this might last months. And so um, the 60-day order right now, we are all kind of keeping an eye on, and we do look forward to the day where we can gradually get back to those things that we're used to. Um, Colonel Schaff, I see you jotting down something. Do you have another one? Yeah, you know, I think this is a this is a good one, and I appreciate this question that says, "What are some positive things to highlight what Team Dover's doing?" And uh, and I think we can all speak to a few of these. I I just wrote a, a few things down. You know, the uh, the security forces they are working uh, extremely hard. You know, that's you know that's one thing during this uh, this time period is things aren't necessarily fair. Sometimes people um, who are not mission essential can't do their job, and so they're at home um, trying to take care of their family or trying to make sure that they're doing their part in this. We do have a very large workforce, though, that is mission essential right now, and they are working extremely long hours, and they are uh, working as hard as they can to make sure that we're all safe. So a huge shout-out to security forces. You know, uh, my contracting teams, they're still out there working remotely and ensuring that our contracts are continuing so that on the other side of this, and we will get through this, that we're a better base because of it. Um, what, what's been fun to see is that uh, this has driven a lot of chaos into our processes, and we're finding out uh, that we're, we're uh, better because of it in, in a lot of our areas. Um, I could say to Colonel Jones that uh, we've found that maybe we don't need all those meetings we sit in, in every day. And so I'm just really proud of the team and uh, the way they're working to come together on uh, making, uh, um, making things happen at Dover. So that's a really good question. Chief, I'll bet you have numerous uh, examples as well. We have a ton of airmen. We have our medics that are at the gate checking to make sure individuals going to the PAX terminal and to the medical clinic are safe, are healthy, and are able to get the care that they need. But we also have first sergeants that spent the day yesterday stocking shelves at the commissary to get food out as soon as it arrived to make sure that our folks get the, in, the food and um, essentials that they need through their time. You have chiefs that are helping out at the commissary, making sure we get the, the team in, limiting uh, social distancing for each set of groups because the health and safety of our folks are important to us. We have upteen amount of family members that um, just today we had a group of key spouses that put out Easter egg coloring stuff on a curb and let the folks know in housing that, hey, come get something. Uh, we have this out here in case you didn't have it. So our teams are doing everything, whether they're at home or at work, to take care of each other. Okay, the questions are coming in fast now. Um, I'll answer a couple of them and let everybody else jot down a note. Uh, keep in mind, uh, as we get towards the second half of this now and run out of time, We'll keep this going when we're done, and our public affairs team has a really good track record of answering any questions that we can't get to get to. Um, but right up front, someone asked a really important question. What does it mean? Do we close the base if we go to health protection condition Delta, HPCon Delta? Um, I can tell you that's, that is a really high bar um, to get to, so that's the good news. Um, I will tell you that uh, and it has a lot to do with morbidity rates and, and mortality, I'm sorry, mortality rates. Um, we know we're not there, 
But I will say if, if we if things got worse and worse, not just in the country, but in particular in our community and in our base, at that point in time we would start to restrict different people coming in base. The good news is very few bases across the Air Force um, have started that restriction, and we do not believe at this time that we're very close to that. Um, there was another question on PT tests. I think it was answered in the comments. Right now we're not doing those. As we get back to at some point in time in doing that, everyone's date that was affected will be pushed um, kind of six months to the right, and, and it will be staggered. But that question looks like it was answered. Um, there was one last question that I'll take on, which is, what if you are essential and have to come in to work every day, but after that you don't feel comfortable going back home to your family? Maybe someone in your family is immune compromised. Um, there are authorities that either we weren't previously aware of or that are new, um, but there is a hardship category there, and it gets complicated. But what I can say for our town hall is that if you are ordered by a commander um, into that situation, there are there are some allowances that can be made um, to isolate you or separate you is probably a better term uh, from your family. And so we are actually exploring a couple of those right now. Um, but it's important to know that you can't just check yourself into a hotel or, or lodging because of that situation. Uh, there has to be a command order and we are getting closer to addressing that. But it kind of goes back to the earlier question of what are we doing for those families that have uh, higher risk folks actually there. Um, I'm going to go to public affairs. It's been a little while and see if uh, there's a question you want to ask. Yes, sir. So we received a few questions about how dorm residents here on Dover Air Force Base can remain safe and practice good hygiene and health standards. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, after a while, I almost start to think of dorm residents just as, as, as they are in my own family, in my own house, where there's multiple rooms, but you might share a kitchen or you might share um, a, a common area. And so... Social, di social distancing is a must. One of the things that might happen with a dorm resident is one of those members might be able to telework from the dorm, but another member might be uh, a maintainer that has to go into work and is at slightly increased risk of exposure. And so it's really important for that population just to do the basics. Um, are you washing your hands? Are you cleaning your area? Are you staying home when you can? And then if you have symptoms, are you not coming into work? That goes against our nature sometimes as airmen, that we want to come into work even if we have a cold. And I appreciate the command chief sharing with us when she had a very slight cold just six days ago, um, she did join us for the town hall, and we're asking our airmen to do the same. So thank you. Okay, uh, let's take a, a couple more. Uh, Colonel Schock, have you jotted anything down? I did. There was a question about somebody who has a dependent ID card that's going to be expiring and that may impact their ability to get uh, pharmaceuticals. I'll tell you, um, I've, I've been so proud of this team. We, we are working hard to say no to nothing. You know, we, we will work to uh, ensure that we get that done for you. We do have minimal manning at the uh, MPS to be able to renew your ID card. You know, call and make an appointment. Um, you know, I, I hesitate, you know, we may have some limitations on people, so I'm not sure I want you just to drive onto base, but uh, we do have people there to do those things for you. So it'll take a little extra coordination, but uh, we will absolutely get that done for you. Um, I, I also saw a couple questions about what can we do, and that's the type of community this is. What can we do to, uh, to help with this? I saw a couple people on there say, can we come and help with the commissary as well? And, uh, you know, the USO, they are, they are the model of those that uh, really put themselves out there to help our airmen. 
and uh, they've they've decided that they're going to actually take a knee here for a couple weeks and uh, see how this uh, pandemic works its way out. And so we all appreciate the help, and there may be things, stay tuned, that we need your help with. But uh, right now, you can help us all by making sure that uh, you stay home, you help us uh, flatten this curve, and uh, make everybody's job that actually needs to be out there uh, doing their job uh, a little bit easier. And so that's really what we're asking for you to do right now. But thank you so much. Yeah, Colonel Shop. So those, those airmen that have kind of volunteerism at their heart, um, you have to resist the opportunity just to get out and be around people. But I think it is okay to reach out to your supervisor and say, if the base needs volunteers uh, for a specific situation, I'm all in. And so I think that's probably the best way. But thanks for the shout out on our one-of-a-kind USO here in Delaware. I'm going to go back to public affairs. Yes, sir. We've had a few questions about the base exchange and the current hours, operating procedures, recommendations for staying healthy and safe while still accessing those great facilities. Yeah, I think the Command Chief and I will both take a stab at this. She's really shown some great initiative over there this week, and I, uh, I'll take the first stab, but I'd like her to talk about kind of her experience as she uh, worked over at the commissary yesterday. Um, but her hours right now have stayed consistent. It's starting to be the kind of consistency that people can predict. And so military members and their families um, and only military members and their families can come at the commissary from 9 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock in the morning. After that, from 11 to 1 or 1,300 hours, our retiree population can come and they have the commissary all to themselves. After that, after 1,300, the rest of the day is kind of open for anybody. Um, through some of your feedback, um, members of the community, members visiting, I got an email yesterday. We realized that this was one of the biggest challenges we had for social distancing, um, especially because some of these hours create lines waiting for your time slot. Some people didn't get the word. Um, there's queues, there's, there's aisles, and then there's checking out. Um, and so we've instituted a program now where 75 people are the limit that can be in there at any given time, and that affords some reasonable social distancing. I drove over today during the time frame of uh, 11.30 to 12, when it's kind of thought to be the peak of activity. I watched that um, policy being implemented, and I went inside the commissary, and things were things were good. Is our food out of stock? In some cases, it's down less than it should. In almost every case, we still had a little bit left. And so there's some signs that are out that say limit of one or two per customer. Um, but right now, there are so many truck drivers working so hard to make sure that we don't go down to zero. Um, but you did, can you talk a little bit about the uh, presence of uh, airmen that are over there now? Yes, sir. So I'll cover both the exchange and the commissary. The commissary, uh, we worked over there during specific hours. Retiree population is anyone that holds the blue retiree ID card. Um, so when you're looking at that. So usually the demographics is your, your over 50 crowd. But we also have our veterans that come in during that time to, uh, to do it. We have a large amount of folks that come here for medical appointments and then want to go over to the commissary and can't get in because it's not their time. So those individuals will go over to the exchange uh, and see what they can get or, or browse around because some of them travel for their doctor's appointments an hour or so or away. So you may see folks over in, in the exchange that are waiting for their time at the commissary. The commissary does have limited items. They are working through that just as much as our, co our commissary is. So as the exchange works through building back up their stock and getting it in, if you don't see something, please bring it up to our 
exchange folks and they will look at and see when they can get the next shipment in as possible. Um, you are still able to get your mail on base um, or in the local community, so stuff has been coming through that way. And you can shop online for the exchange there as well. Um, one thing to note, I saw a question on physical fitness and should we move out PT since the fitness center is closed farther than what, what it may be closed now. I just ask that we have a ton of individuals that are on social media sharing uh, ways to exercise, keep yourself healthy at home. Uh, and plenty of options for challenges for the next 30 days. Uh, you can go outside and run, just not in crowds, and keep your social distancing unless it's somebody that lives with you. So you can still be active and healthy at home, even without the fitness center. So you'll have to get creative in some semblances, uh, but at this time, they are not looking at pushing out the PT test any farther than we currently are. Thank you very much. Okay, so the questions, uh, lots of comments still coming in. The questions are starting to slow down. I think what we'll do is go through kind of one more round here um, and then get a chance to uh, wrap this up. So I'll, I'll start with public affairs and see if you've got one last question that you've noticed that you want to ask. Yes, sir. So this is a combination of a few different questions, and it's related to personnel topics. And the question is, how does the current situation impact promotions, outprocessing, PT testing, other personnel-related yeah, so I think we talked a lot about PT testing, but there are a lot of other things we do. And so whether or not that's a board that normally happens, I will say things like promotions right now, um, the Air Force is able to continue their business virtually. Um, and so those processes are remaining on, tra on track. Um, there are you know fewer and fewer people that are actually out processing because of um, people not PCSing. But in the cases where people are still having those activities, they are making some exceptions. And I think this is a good time to remind everybody that if, um, if deployments have in some way been affected by this, our preparing for deployments and training for those folks that might be next out the door has not been. Uh, those activities are continuing. Okay, Colonel Schatzbaugh, uh, one more for you. Uh, let's see. Um... The out-processing, I saw a question about people uh, having challenges out-processing. Um, I, I would just encourage you to talk to your uh, first sergeant, your supervisor, your leadership to help you with that. You know, we're, we're, we're barely uh, a week or two into this, and, uh, you know, we, we've got to just kind of take a little breath here and uh, see where we're at. Um, if this lasts longer than expected, then uh, we're going to have to figure out some ways to make sure that we accommodate for you for that. But I just want to say thank you in advance for your patience as we figure out what do we need to surge on? What do we not need to surge on? Knowing that our biggest intent right now is to ensure that we all keep everybody safe, keep everybody home, and that we still are able to execute our global mobility mission. And uh, you know, no normally when we make these types of decisions, sometimes we have weeks to uh, try them out on all kinds of different people and uh, test them and, and do, and uh, honestly, we've had to make a lot of decisions in uh, very short order. And uh, you know, it goes without saying that we haven't got every one of them right. But we continue to work hard. None of us have an ego to uh, to stand hard on them. We're uh, we're certainly looking at better ways of doing things. So thank you all for being here today, giving us your voice, giving us feedback, and figuring out where we need to focus in the future to make sure that we keep you all safe. Chief G, do you have uh, kind of closing comments or one other question you want to take? Yes, sir. So one was on the promotion testing. Uh, we just got word that the next uh, senior NCO promotion board is actually going to be done virtually for the first time for the supplemental. Um, so more to follow on that, they have pushed out the dates for the promotion boards, uh, but they're still continuing them. 
they're still getting creative and they're still learning how we can do this virtually to make sure that we continue on uh, with our promotions. What I really want to say is thank you to everyone that is continuing the mission day in, day out, overseas and on the stateside base here. Uh, it's important what you do uh, and it's important that we all take every effort we can to keep everybody safe and healthy to continue our mission operations at home and abroad. So thank you for what you do. Yeah, and there's a lot of positivity in the comments. I, I see um, not only our public affairs answered some of the questions, but I see one of our reservists uh, skip forward in there helping out. And, and uh, um, it's really what this is all about. Let me let me wrap it up by saying just a couple of things. And, and there are two different groups that don't normally get put right next to each other that I want to thank and I want to acknowledge. First is all of those that have had the discipline to stay home and social distance. I just want to acknowledge that that does not always go with our military culture. And we're a can-do um, culture and we're a can-do society. And I want to thank that group that have had the military discipline or just the family discipline to stay home as we've asked everyone to do. But then there's that second group that I want to thank. Those who have had the courage um, when their profession requires their presence at the work site. Um, I'm talking to all the medics, emergency responders, defenders, mechanics, mission generators, civil engineers, child care providers, operators, and so many more. Thank you for again answering your nation's call. And there's a quote that I heard earlier today that I think I'll end on. Um, it's from Victor Hugo, the famed French author and poet. And it goes like this, be as a bird perched on a frail branch that she feels bending beneath her. She still sings all the same, knowing she has wings. Maybe many of you at home and in our community right now feel like you're on that frail branch. But many of you have found a way to have that joy and still sing. And I'm not certain how all of you get that joy to keep singing. We know that the bird has their, their wings but for you, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your faith, maybe it's your community. But I know that just dialing in today, you took a chance with us, and I want to thank you for that. We're committed to continuing these town halls as long as they're helpful for you. Have a great day.